Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today on this special show on a snowy day here in New York City. Um, I know probably in many parts of the country right now, uh, we're getting that white stuff falling down and experiencing a real winter. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have snow all the time. It wasn't a big deal. But as an adult, I feel like the the winters in New York City have been so mild that uh, it's almost like, you know, there's, there's not much uh, uh, happening. There's not much going on. And then when we get something, it's like, yeah, this is what winter is supposed to be like. And everyone's like, you know, lining up in the grocery stores to buy it out. And it's like, it's just going to be a few days. It's not a big deal. Anyway, uh, let's get started. Um, I hope you all enjoyed our Valentine's Day show last week, uh, talking with KD uh, all about relationships and uh, alternative and, and Tantra and all kinds of things. It was really a, a wonderful show. I enjoyed it. Hope you did too. Let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Try pretending that all you now believe to be real is not, and that all you wish to be real is, if only for a few minutes a day. Then try acting like all you wish to be real already is real. Just a word here, a sentence there, or some little demonstration, if only in private. Before long, you won't even remember if what you used to believe was real or just a dream. I'm pretending you already do this stuff whenever you want change. The universe. <laughs> we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, reminding us to, I guess it's just kind of lean in the direction of believing what we want to create in our lives to be real. And, you know, it, it's been said that just because something is true is a lousy reason to give our attention to it. Because if it's not what we want, and it's not what we desire to create in our lives, then let's focus on something different. Let's give our attention to what we want to bring into the world, not what we're actually seeing in front of us. I'm not saying we should deny what's in front of us. Absolutely not. I mean, the, the whole Buddhist principle of suffering comes from uh, 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 denying what is 
It's a huge thing. So we have to accept what is. However, we don't have to always give our attention to it. We don't have to make it so big and huge that, oh, because this is the way things are, it's always going to be like that. No, that's a story we tell ourselves. Just like it's a story we tell ourselves that we can create something different in life. And so the more we give our attention, our focus, our energy, the more we tell ourselves, the whole point of this quote, the more we tell ourselves that what we want to create in the world is actually the reality, the more we will line up with that. We'll line up with it energetically, physically, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And the more we line up with what we want, then the quicker and quicker we will bring it into manifestation. I know this sounds very woo-woo, but, you know, you're my loyal listeners. You you know we talk this stuff every single week. It's not woo-woo. It really isn't. It, it's actually very purposeful and and very real. The results and and look, I always like to use the phrase, don't believe a word I say. Just try it for yourself. If you believe, if you don't think that this will work for you, just try it. Just say, ah, that Sam's full of it. That's never going to work, but just do it. Just do it and stick with it for anywhere from 21 to, to 90 days. And then tell me the results you get. Tell me if something doesn't shift within that time. If you actually do this, if you actually start talking to yourself, like what you want to create is real. If you actually start believing it's real, if you actually start acting like it's real, tell me whether or not something shifts in your life or not. And then we'll, then we'll have a conversation. Okay. Awesome. So I love this quote from the universe. Great quote. Awesome. Very much actually in alignment with our guest today too. All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us. This is a nice short and sweet one from Abraham. Also very much in alignment. To evoke the best from others, you must find a vibration that is a match to the best in others. Abraham. So again, this is all about sort of the the alignment, the energetic alignment. Uh, If you don't believe in energy or attitude, your physiology... If you want to bring out the best in somebody, line up with what is the best in them. See the best in them. Imagine them doing the best that they can do. Giving your attention to what you know they can do. And the more we give attention to it, the more we focus on it, that's how we draw it out of them. That's how we inspire them. That's how we entrain them into doing better for themselves, and for others. And look, the the opposite is also true. Just I remember someone just the other day on a call uh, mentioned this study that um, a, a teacher was given a class and they were told that this class was a special class uh, and, and they were, were, you know, gifted students and it wasn't true. They were just regular average class. But because the teacher was told this and believed it, they did exceptional. And then the next semester, they did the same thing, totally different class, but they told the teacher, oh, these are the troubled kids. These are the ones that you're going to have problems with, you know, be careful, da, da, da. So because the teacher was told this, the teacher believed it and the kids did horrible. 
And again, these were just regular students, but because of the belief, because the teacher believed what she was told, that's what came out of the students. That's what was aligned with them. And so that's what she saw. That's what she focused on. And that's what was drawn out of them. So if you want to draw out of people the best that they can be, line up with that, believe it, see it in them, know that they can embody it. Now, does this mean they always will? Not necessarily, because we're all people, we all have our own free will and choice. But if you want to have the best odds of bringing it out in them, then I would say this is absolutely a requirement. All right. Two wonderful, amazing, beautiful, and very much in alignment quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham. And now it is my pleasure to welcome back after four years. Can you believe it, Mark? It's been four years since I had you on the show last time. Uh, yep. Mark, Mark Monchek, who is the founder and chief Opportunity Officer of Opportunity Lab, a strategy consulting firm focused on conscious growth. Mark has worked with leaders from Google, Apple, J.P. Morgan Chase, General Electric, Goldman Sachs, um, TerraCycle, Adorama, Feltzberg, The New York Times, Wharton School of Business, NYU, Columbia, NBC, Time Warner, and the United Nations. This guy is no slouch, okay? And he's also author of the Amazon uh, bestseller, culture of opportunity how to grow your business in an age of disruption and welcome back to the conscious consultant hour mark uh thank you sam it's so exciting to be here and uh i love the mashup of the neil degrassi tyson we are connected um song at the beginning it kind of made me feel about you know what we what we do at opportunity lab is really help people see the resources in their ecosystem what we call mm. unlock your network you know we think People are so much more connected today, not just through technology, but actually through the intimacy of connection, some of which actually happen even more through this disruption. Right. So, it, it, it used to be, right, that six degrees of separation, and now it's gotten down to like one or two degrees of separation, right? Yeah, and to your point, is it's a lot of the separation or lack of it, their connectivity is really how we think. It's, it's how we see reality. So the idea, you know, in your, in your opening quote about reality, I think the pandemic, as well as the last four years of our U.S. administration and different political situations around the world have challenged us to what is reality. Yeah. You know, and the things that you had talked about as, uh, no, this is not woo-woo. I will tell you that in the world of business where I operate, things that we would have thought were woo-woo and unthinkable, not something anybody could talk about, are actually now happening and being talked about in the world of business. So the idea of conscious business, sustainable business, this is now taken center stage in, in many companies. Um, and it's, it's actually exciting that, believe it or not, the pandemic has moved this forward faster than I ever imagined that it, that it could be. Right. To give you a few examples, uh, a company that uh, I admired and have followed for many years and have been working with over the past uh, number of months is called TerraCycle. Mm -hmm. So their mission is to 
end waste, to eliminate waste. And they've been doing this for 20 years and they've been doing well. However, in this past year, 2020, big brands have been coming to them to say, we realize that we can no longer destroy the planet and we need what you have to offer to help us recycle, reuse, repurpose, you know, the the materials that we put onto the, the planet. So TerraCycle is a great example of a company that has come of age with this new understanding of, of climate change, of um, the disruptions in the world. Moving people remotely, which happened very fast, mm-hmm. just a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. shifted the social contract in many companies between employers and employees. So yeah. the traditional contract is I am the employer. I can dictate when you work, how you work, where you work, and what I pay you. And when the pandemic hit, now it was, well, were people willing to work at home? Could they work at home? Some people needed to come into the physical office because they were required there. How do we make that physical office safe? How do we deal with people who are not feeling comfortable working in there? So it became, at least in the clients that we work with, much more of a collaborative, you know, um, inclusive, diverse conversation around how do we operate as companies with employees, with partners, with vendors, suppliers, and and so forth. So Mm -hmm. I've been really inspired by a lot of shifts that have happened because of disruption. So my book, uh, Culture of Opportunity, How to Grow Your Business in Age of Disruption, which came out in 2017, I thought it was very uh, apt back then, very relevant, has become even more relevant. We sold so many copies last year, (laughs) and a lot of them at universities where they're teaching. Oh, wow. Concepts. So um, really, really happy to be on the show today and be able to talk about things that would not have been talked about in the world of business just a few years ago. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. So that, that's a great, uh, I think it's a great time to, to pause for a minute. We're going to go to a break in a second. But it, yeah, it's something that I've actually also seen a lot over the last 10 years, the shift in the general business conversation that's going on out there. And that the whole idea of conscious business of um, socially um, responsible business has really come into the forefront even in the world of investing and finance, like there've been studies done that show that like uh, socially uh, responsible companies are actually better investments. They make more money. They have more loyalty in their employees as well as their customers and that it just makes good business sense. And this is something people like you and me have been talking about forever, but finally it's like the, the rest of the world has caught up with us and said, yes, like not only does it make sense uh, uh, socially, but it makes sense economically too. And, and to your point, the whole uh, idea behind TerraCycle, it, it's just recycling stuff and reusing materials. It just makes sense for ourselves, for our environment and, and for how we're living. And, you know, I always kind of get upset when I hear people argue about climate change because it doesn't matter in a way. The things that we need to do to combat climate change are things we should do even if there wasn't climate change. You know, that's the point people miss all the time. Well, Sam, I got to give credit to uh, the millennial generation of which my daughter is a member. 
90 million millennials, the largest generation in American history, really upped our game in this conversation. And yeah. they said, I do not want to work for a company that doesn't care about the environment, doesn't care about their employees, doesn't care about their customers. I don't want to buy from that kind of company. I don't want to invest in that kind of company. So millennials and millennials convincing their parents yes. um, you know, who are our generation, the baby boomer generation, had a huge ripple effect in causing a lot of the changes that we're seeing now. Some companies did it based on a moral compass. Many mm. companies did it because they saw customers were moving away from them mm. because they didn't stand for anything that was good in the world. They didn't have a, a social purpose. They they didn't really care about the things that their customers cared about. So right. I am extremely inspired by a, a lot of the changes that we're seeing. Now, there's a lot of work to do. This is not saying that this sure. is... Uh, that we're on a downhill slope. Um, there's absolutely a lot of a lot of work to do. However, I think that the fact that we can have these conversations and that we can actually talk about the things that are really important now make the work easier than it was just a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to a break. I see loyal listeners, Patty and Sanaya on the Facebook Live. Great to have you with us. If you have questions for Mark and myself, please post them in the comment section of the Facebook Live video. And if anybody listening would like to ask questions and you'd like to post to the Facebook Live video, just go to facebook.com slash NYC. You'll see the video there please feel free to post your comments. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Mark Monchek, uh, founder of the uh, Opportunity Lab, and we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics 
all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, so we're talking with Mark Monchuk, founder and chief opportunity officer of Opportunity Lab. And we had met many years ago at that co-working space. I forget the name of it now. Center for Social Innovation. Yes, Center for Social Innovation, yes. Um, and, and it was really a beautiful space because it really encouraged people to create businesses and ideas around this idea of social innovation and uh, social, creating socially responsible companies like what we were just talking about last segment. And it, it is quite interesting, Mark, how during this pandemic, how it's become even more uh, in the forefront of, of people's uh, awareness and how um, I think people have really begun to understand. I like to say that this pandemic has shown us that one person's health is everybody's health. And it has really shown us how interconnected we are because it's such a a global worldwide phenomenon. And, And I think this is a way of kind of opening us up to this idea of we need to think broader. We need to think bigger. We need to think about not just what's happening in our own lives, but what's happening in our community, in our city, state, country, and what's happening in the globe. And that working together is the way we actually solve these big problems. Not, And although we've seen a lot of division in certain ways, I think that just makes it more apparent that the division doesn't help us, does it? Um, it, it doesn't. And in this new world, a new way of working, it's really important to be intentional and actually to understand what actually needs to happen for people to work fully remotely mm. or to work in a hybrid fashion where some people are remote, some people are in a physical space, or when everybody's in a physical space, however, with social distancing and the various you know precautions you have to take uh, in a pandemic. And those precautions are going to be taken probably for quite a long time, because it's not like we're one day, there's going to be somebody says where the pandemic is over. Right. There are going to be some places where it's over more fully than others in different parts of the world. So I'm going to share with you what we've learned about how we are working in this new world. Wonderful. So just before we started uh, our conversation today, Sam, I got off the uh, line in a um, Microsoft Teams call with uh, an organization in the Ukraine, one of our clients, Adorama, who mm. some of you may know is a major New York City, uh, Northeast regional, uh, actually now national brand for consumer electronics. They have a team of people working in the Ukraine that do website development, other technology support for the company. And it was fascinating. 
you know, how intentional you need to be to keep people as emotionally and socially and personally connected and business connected when everybody is working remotely or some people are actually in the physical office and some people are not. So mm-hmm. how do you recreate those water cooler conversations, those lunch right. conversations, those, you know, walking from, you know, your office to the corner store conversations. So we created just about a year ago, just, um, when the pandemic made people work remotely, um, this program called ShareLab. And we call it ShareLab because what we do is we go into organizations and we do department by department, team by team, um, these kind of combinations of a town hall, a group coaching session, and a focus group. And we typically start with three questions. Where are you calling from? And believe it or not, people who might have sat next to each other for 10 years didn't know where they lived. Now that they're working mostly out of their own homes, it's important to know, well, you live in Fort Lee, New Jersey. You know, you live in Sarasota, live in the Upper West Side of New York. And then what is inspiring you and what is troubling you? Mm. And as people get to talk about those things, opening up from the heart, opening up from what they need to feel cared about, connected and functioning effectively – we learn so much about how to keep people feeling cared about, feeling connected and, mm. and working effectively. So everything comes up from, I don't feel safe to go into the office, not because of the office, but because of the transportation. Mm. Um, I love working at home, but I feel socially isolated. Right. Um, right. I love working at home, but I want to come in the office two or three days a week. And I want to see people at least uh, you know, once or twice a week. So that has been an an enormous support for us to help our clients feel connected with each other and to create a space for people to talk about the things that they used to talk about when they were in person, but typically don't when you go from meeting to meeting to meeting and there's nothing necessarily in the agenda that connects you in those more personal ways. Right. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Have you also found that employees have like moved and and they're not even living where they used to live because now that they can work remote, they don't have to be living in a high rent district in the city, or, you know, maybe they're deciding that they would rather be uh, in a more country rural type area. Because I just, I've known friends since the pandemic who've gotten up and moved to different areas not so much because they wanted to move out of the city, but just they felt like now they had the opportunity because things are so virtual that they weren't confined to like having to live close to where the action is. Absolutely a trend. I mean, uh, we're seeing people move back with their parents. We're seeing people move to a second home that they only use sporadically. We'll see people, you know, selling their home or, or giving up their apartment and moving to someplace they always wanted to live, uh, mm-hmm. living next to their friends that they've missed for all these years. Um, some of it, they want to be safer. Some of it, they just want to have, you know, more room to be out in nature. Some of it, they want to reduce their living expenses. Um, some of it, just they, they had the freedom to move so that because they could work virtually and before it was just much more difficult or wasn't even allowed. Mm. So it, it is absolutely a trend. And I don't think that trend is going to stop. It'll change somewhat, but I, it's not going to end, I think, because people realize, hey, I got one, two, three, four hours, depending on where you live, back right. of my commute, yes. right? So on the one hand, we're seeing productivity increase tremendously because of the freedom you have to work, you're able to get into flow more, you have less time commuting. However, we're also seeing um, other things where people don't have the self-discipline to 
do the things that they would normally do when they had a physical boundary of going to work and leaving work. So we're having to really help people understand how to create your own boundaries when there isn't the boundary of commuting. Hmm. I want to get back to some of the challenges, but I just want to ask you before we go to break again, what are some of the unexpected opportunities for the the business environment that have been revealed because of what's going on and, and, and the pandemic and, and what we're all experiencing today? I think the, the one benefit, the surprising benefit that comes right up the top of my mind is how empowered employees feel to create a work situation where they have much more say over what they do, when they do, and how they do it. And when employees feel more empowered, they get into this state of flow where they're able to do much more, much better, uh, because they don't have the constraint of having to do the commuting. And then when you're in the office, you know, you have a lot of distractions and you're, you know, your mind is looking at who else is in the office. You've got various noises. You might have a very small space. And for those people who have mastered working at home and not everybody has, and some people have a very challenged, difficult work situation, but for those people who have um, the ability to actually feel that they have more control over their work day and the way that they work has been incredibly empowering and the client's, that we work with have seen the benefits of that and are now giving employees more ability to have more autonomy over their work. Mm, mm, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Because it's, it's also the more autonomy you have over your work, the more empowered you feel, then the more in a way loyal you are to the work that you're doing, because now you have more ownership because you have more sort of control over how you do what you do. And things aren't being dictated to you as much. Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. Um, we went a little over last segment, so this segment is, is a little short. So let's let's go to break now. And when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about sort of how to deal with those challenges of working at home. I've I've I'm very comfortable working at home, though I had experience from a prior business that I did where I worked at home before. So I knew sort of some of the challenges I'd have to hit, but I think a lot of people don't necessarily uh, understand how to deal with some of those challenges. So I'd like to talk about that and what people can do to deal with them. Okay, Mark? Absolutely. Look forward to that. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc. And you can find us all over Facebook on on the live stream at uh, facebook.com slash talkradionyc, uh, Inspired Thoughts, just a whole bunch of groups, the Conscious Consultant. You can find me everywhere. Just look for Sam Leibowitz. You'll find me. Anyway, so we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? 
Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking uh, with Mark Monchek all about sort of this new uh, culture of, of working from home and the opportunities and the challenges that exist in there. And, you know, Mark, when I, um, I had a business uh, a number of years ago in the aerospace industry, in the web 1.0 days, I was uh, working with, with a couple of people on a, a sort of an online um, aerospace conference, a way of, of managers in, in the space, commercial space industry uh, to find product services, things like that. And I, I was working from home. The other partners were in different places. And I found that I had a hard time with the, in the very beginning of blurring the lines between when I was working and when I wasn't. Because when you're home, it's like, well, if I'm if this is where I work, then it's like I'm always working until I like found that I, I had to create a structure for myself. When when I got up in the morning, it was like I had one task that I did at the beginning of the day, and that was like the start of my work day. And then at the end, I finished with some kind of a task that was like the end of my work day, and then I was off. And it, it took me a while to kind of get into that rhythm. And I found like that really served me when I was working from home, though it's a little bit for some reason this time around. I mean, I knew that. And I do have sort of a structure around running the radio network uh, from home. Yet still, I find myself working more. 
Uh, it feels like there's always more to do. Uh, there are more things. And, and in some ways, you know, I've been running this network now for 10 and a half years. And suddenly in the last six months, we've really exploded. We've more than doubled in size. We, we have lots of people we're talking to who, who are looking to come on board as new hosts on the radio network. So we're really in this expansion phase that makes me feel like the rest of the world caught up with what we do in the last 10 and a half years. Um, but it does sort of create this pressure that you feel like there's always so much to do that to create that boundary, that internal boundary of when we're working, when we're not working is a little bit more challenging today than it used to be. Uh, yeah, absolutely is. And we find that with all of our clients, with our own folks in the company, myself. So, you know, rituals from the beginning of time, the ones you mentioned and other ones are really important to ground us in how to live in the world. So when you have a ritual, as you mentioned, you know, of when I'm starting my day, right. And I am, I am actually consciously getting ready to start my day. I am doing things that help me prepare my mind, my body, my spirit for being fully present in my day. So, you know, we really recommend to our clients have something that helps you get ready for your day and have some official way to start the day. And it could be as simple as opening up your laptop. You know, one of the, one of the folks on um, our share lab of yesterday said, I always close the lid on my laptop when I'm done. Mm. And he said, as simple as that sounds, um, it, it is, ha it has a meaning, creates a ritual. Yeah. One of the other members said he actually has a, what he calls a fake commute. He gets up in the morning, he <laughs> takes his shower, gets ready, and he actually gets out of his apartment. He takes a 20-minute walk, oh. and he comes back into his apartment as if he's coming to his home office for the first time that day. Hmm. When he finishes his day, he closes his laptop he gets out and he walks 20 minutes and he comes back to his home. Right. Right. So, I, I love that idea. I love it. Even like you just go for a walk around the block and then you come back in just that leave, you know, closing the door, locking the door behind you, leaving, opening it back up, coming in. It, it creates a, a, a very powerful mental, emotional division from one thing to another. So what, what I've seen, Sam, is that you've, you've gotten people who were conscious and intentional before are even more conscious mm -hmm. and intentional now because they see the necessity for it. So people like myself, you know, more attention to meditation, exercise. I have this beautiful little tool that I use called the six-minute diary where huh. every morning uh, I spend three minutes on the things I'm most grateful for that morning – Mm -hmm. on the three things that I want to make this day amazing and the one idea or feeling that I want to embody that particular day. Oh, and literally like it's about, it is about three minutes. And then at the end of the day, I look at what was the good deed that I did today. What is one thing I could do to improve? And what are the three things that actually happened that day that were amazing? So one of the worst things that happens during this kind of a, a prolonged crisis situation is 
one day bleeds into the other. You probably heard people say it's Groundhog's Day all over again. Uh, you know, but, I was just on a call yesterday where I did a presentation on this thing. I, just wanna, and, I, I'm sorry, I want to just finish my yeah, thoughts. Was that by doing that ritual of setting your intention that morning, of saying what you're grateful for, and at the end of the day, processing what actually happened that day. What is it that was a good deed that you did? And what's one thing you want to improve? You have a beginning and an ending of the day and you have your own way to process that experience. If you don't do that, then the days bleed into each other and you start to, well, did I do that yesterday, the day before? Did I say that to Sam? Or I don't remember if I, maybe it was last week I said it to him. You know, it's just, there's got to be some way to process the day when you don't have some of the other kind of rituals that we normally would have. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that I was just on a call yesterday where a gentleman said, it feels like one long day since last March. And and that even weekends don't really feel as much like weekends anymore, because there's not enough of a difference. Whereas before, where you're going to the office every day during the week, then the weekend, there was a real difference, because now you're not going to the office. But if you're home all the time, and you're working from home, then between Wednesday and Sunday, there's not much difference because you're home. You're still doing mostly the same things. Even if you take your weekends off and you're not working, you're still in the same environment. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, they are. And on the other hand, I think if we are more conscious to actually schedule things on the weekend, whether they are virtual experiences or whether they are not virtual experiences. Last week, I took my bicycle and I rode down to the Lower East Side Tenement Museum. Uh, which I am a member and they had a beautiful hour walking tour called out of the home, which looked at how immigrants on the Lower East side in the mid 1800s into the early 1900s lived. So we went to uh, outside of, of a bank, one of the first bank, the Yarmolowski bank, uh, you know, over on canal street, we went Mm -hmm. to the Jewish daily forward. Uh, We went to outside of some of the taverns that were there yeah, it was 25 degrees, but you know what? It was such a great experience because I was outdoors and I was doing something similarly to the way that I would have done it, you know, before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I try to schedule at least one or two outdoor things. Uh, some people are just not good in this cold weather. I am okay with it. But something where you feel that there's something that you would have done before, maybe it's a little bit different the way you're doing it now. Uh, but actually plan weekend activities that are fun, that are not something that you would do during the week and that make you feel that there is this separation between the work week and, you know, the, the weekend or the time off that you feel like you have the freedom to do more personal experiences. Yeah. I, I doing that outdoor stuff is so important. I mean, living in New York city, my, my wife and I, and we used to do this before the pandemic, but not as regularly. What we would do, because we live close to Central Park, is after dinner, we'd go for a walk in Central Park. And what we found is that during the pandemic, we do it more frequently, like like more steadily, at least three times a week, sometimes four times a week. And I noticed that we found that on the nights we don't do it, and and usually those are nights where either it's raining, the weather is extra nasty outside, and, and not necessarily cold, because we do it in the cold. But but when there's just something that just we don't, you know, just don't have the energy or something, that it, it just doesn't feel we, we really miss it. Like, like, there's a definitely a big 
difference in the following day of how we feel from how we felt before. So it, it just, just that little ritual and doing that. And then what we, what's happened is when we first started, we were walking two and a half, three miles, and then it became three miles to three and a half miles. Now, you know, in the cold, maybe now it's got an extra cold. So maybe we don't do it quite as long, but we were getting up to between four and four and a half miles every time we'd go out for a walk. And, and we actually, we could feel the difference because we'd been doing it so regularly that, you know, could feel like it was a little bit easier to climb the hills or walk up the stairs or, you know, whatever we were doing. And, and those incremental changes uh, are adaptation to what's going on. I want to go back to the question you asked me before the break, which was, you know, what are some of the surprising uh, yeah. trends that have happened uh, during the pandemic? Uh, the other one that I wanted to highlight, and I don't know how much of it is directly connected to the pandemic and how much is, is to other trends, we're seeing more diversity and inclusion with our clients and a lot of the companies that, you know, that we are talking to. Oh, wonderful. You know, I don't know how much of that is companies understand because of what happened last year, you know, with the murder of George Floyd, you know, the, the protest, maybe how many people of color have been much more uh, severely impacted by the, the pandemic. Um, maybe it's because companies in this disruption are willing to do things differently. Maybe it's because they can recruit people from a wider geographic uh, sphere mm. because they're recruiting people not necessarily to work in the physical building. All these factors together, I am seeing in a very, very encouraging way, uh, companies hiring uh, people of color, women in places that they wouldn't have, uh, people of different sexual orientations and you know various uh, challenged abilities. And it's really encouraging to see that. And now that's becoming the new normal. And as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of data to show companies that are more socially conscious are doing better financially, companies that are more diverse, companies that have more women and people of color on boards of directors, which there still is not that many, but getting a little bit more, mm -hmm. are actually doing financially better. So I'm seeing a lot of momentum in that area as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Like I'd seen the, the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation had been picking up before the pandemic, but somehow over the last year, it's, it's really, the momentum has accelerated tremendously. So um, that's good to hear that, that the major places are, are really buying into it much more and, and, and actually utilizing it. Okay. We're, we're going to take our last break of the show. And when we come back, Mark, it's time to, to, for you to get out your crystal ball, dust it off a little bit. And let's talk about what's happening moving forward. Where do you see things going in the workplace and work in general? What are the opportunities that we see moving forward in light of the tremendous challenges we have before us? Okay. Yes, awesome. Sam. Thank you, Sam. You got it. All right, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on talkradio.nyc. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. 
On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking with Mark Monchak, founder and chief opportunity officer of the Opportunity Lab. Um, I just want to give a shout out to our live listeners. I see people tuning in from California, New Jersey, Florida, Ireland, and other places, uh, Texas. Um, um, man, I uh, hope you guys are doing okay out there in Texas and, uh, and, and, uh, Louisiana and some other States around the country. So thank you all for, for tuning in. So Mark, um, nobody could have predicted, you know, a year and a half ago where we would be today. And I know it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen in the next five years or even one year, but, but let's just prognosticate a little bit looking at the trends you're seeing with companies and, and work environments and employees and, and, and what's going on, what changes, what, what trends do you see that are, are maybe starting off a little small, but are starting to really take hold that you think will have a bigger impact in the future? Yeah, Sam, fascinating question, uh, a challenging question. I do not and I do not want to have a crystal ball. However, we have learned a lot, you know, in, in, in Opportunity Lab, you know, we, in what we do, we are connected through our work with people literally from all over the world. I mean, we run a uh, group on Thursday afternoons called Opportunity Community, where we have members from New Zealand, Australia, Ghana, the Netherlands, as well as all throughout the United States and Canada. And so we have learned a lot. Uh, I would say that there are many people that actually did predict the pandemic. They didn't predict that it would happen this way. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. predicted that it would take this long and it would create this much disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of scientists would argue that this was um, a kind of happening uh, before it actually happened and that we, the way we responded to it or did not respond to it very well caused it to be what it is. 
Uh, what did what did I learn from this? And I think what a lot of us learn is that we are all connected. Going back to the the, the mashup song at the beginning, uh, you know that yeah. we because of international travel, because we are financially, socially, uh, technologically dependent on each other, uh, that is a reality we have to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. And so, understanding what happens around the world, being a citizen of the world as well as your local community and your country is is essentially important to live in this new world. Mm-hmm. Respecting other people's view of reality, going back yeah. to your quote at the very beginning, that somebody may have a different reality, but we have to actually live with people who have that different reality. So having a conversation, not that you are wrong and I am right. Let me understand your reality, how you come to that reality. Uh, Are you willing to listen to my reality? And is there a reality that we can at least share how we work together if we're in business or how we live together if we are in the same community or in the same family? So having these uh, difficult, sensitive conversations with people who have different realities, I think, is a very, very important aspect of what is evolving. Yeah. How do we build a bridge between realities so that we can coexist and work together? Yeah. And how do we operate in a world of understanding it's not about competition where where we are in a zero-sum game of scarcity but is around collaboration about how do we use the resources we have which are often far greater than we even realize but Mm -hmm. in order to use them well we actually have to collaborate we have to listen we have to compromise we have to innovate and figure out new ways to do things and diversity and inclusion and equity are important part of that because we can't do that unless we have all voices are being heard points of view that may be different than ours are part of that conversation and part of that, you know, decision-making. Not assuming, as I said earlier, that it's going to be over on one particular day that it's it's going to evolve. So let's say best case scenario, we have herd immunity. Uh, Almost everybody in the United States has been vaccinated. Well, some people are not going to want to go back to a music venue, let's say, or a restaurant, even if they science says you can. Right. Some cities will have more people willing and able to come back. Others will not. Right. Um, how do we manage travel between the, those cities that yeah. are more open, those cities that are less? Um, in a hybrid work environment where people are coming to the office, but not everybody, how do we make people feel included when they are on the virtual end of the video conference and people are physically in the same room? Um, you know, when that video conference ends, those people are there chatting and talking, sometimes maybe even making decisions, sharing important information. The person who was on the video conference is no longer in that conversation. Okay, Mark, we need to start wrapping things up. So I did want to give you an opportunity. If people want to learn more about Opportunity Lab, um, learn more about your work and and the the wonderful, wonderful things that you do, how, how do people find you? How do they get in touch with you? Um, you can certainly go to our website, oplab.com, O-P-P-L-A-B.com. We have enormous number of free resources, assessments, podcasts, blogs, and, and so forth. If you want to reach me individually or the company, you can go to discover at oplab.com. And, you know, we are on LinkedIn and uh, pretty much all the social media outlets. We do publish on LinkedIn. And we also have a bi-weekly newsletter that comes out through our website. So you can sign up for that there. 
Wonderful. I'm just going to put the, the website into the, the Facebook Live so people can have it. But yeah, oplab, O-P-P-L-A-B dot com. Wonderful place. Check it out, um, especially if you're an employer, if you're an organization and you're looking uh, for opportunities to really uh, create a, a, a more a, a culture of opportunity. And your book, Culture of Opportunity, speaking of which, it's on Amazon. It's all over the place. Uh, it's on Amazon, both in print and uh, in the Kindle version. Um, so, Wonderful. and I have quite a, quite a number of podcasts as this one where I talk about the book as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, congratulations on your uh, six-month anniversary of your uh, granddaughter. Congratulations. Is this your first granddaughter? Uh, first granddaughter. Thank you. And, and happy pre-birthday to you. Ah, thank you so much. So I just wanted to end the show this time. Uh, those of you know, I came out with my book, Everyday Awakening, back in November. And I just wanted to randomly pull out and see what the book has to say for us today, just to end things off. And I just opened to what it says is bringing joy to our challenges is how we glide through them. And this is page 108 in the book. And it basically talks about how challenges are something that's a part of everyday life. And we all have challenges. The world is having a huge challenge right now. Challenge is a part of living. And it, and other, some people call it challenges. Some people call it contrast. We can't avoid it. No matter what we do, we, we actually can't avoid it. So how do we get through it in a way that serves us the best? And so the, the real challenge is to approach our challenges from a place of joy, to look at them as opportunities. We've talked a lot about opportunity this hour, as an opportunity to learn something, to grow, to become something better, something more, and to really uh, embody more of what we truly believe in deep inside. And so how do we bring joy to it? First, start with curiosity. Just be curious and ask the question, what is there to learn from this challenge? What is there to learn from what is going on? How can I grow? Who do I have to become to really meet this challenge or, or, or this contrast in the best possible way? Ask the question first and then work on cultivating joy for it because it actually is serving us as opposed to something that we should avoid and, and, and hide from. So that's the messages for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Mark, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have you back after four years. Uh, check out the Conscious Consultant Hour all over all the podcasting apps. If you love podcasting on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music now. And I'm not sure with Alexa. You might be able to go to Alexa, play the Conscious Consultant Hour. It might work. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. I don't have Alexa, so I don't know. Someone has to try it for me. So stay tuned. Coming up next is Voices of Courage with Ken Foster, followed later today, uh, 7 p.m. tonight, with Graham Dobbin and his show, The Mind Behind Leadership, oddly enough, interviewing you're very, yours truly, the conscious consultant, me, um, on his show tonight. Just uh, happened to work out that way. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, the, to our, my conversation with Graham. And tomorrow we have our whole business block of shows, 10 a.m. to uh, 2 p.m., uh, philanthropy and focus. 
uh, Always Friday, The Entrepreneurial Web, and Wise Content Creates World. Well, thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Sam. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's seven o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.